Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! This team's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first half. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me as always is Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? I'm very happy, Mike, that we waited to record this for about a couple hours prior to when we were thinking about uh, recording because some Pistons news came out and we're going to be able to talk about it on this week's show. Nice and timely. Thank you to the Pistons and Adrian Wojnarowski for getting this news out in a timely manner for us. Thank you. Yes, I always get excited at the thought of some some big breaking news that happens during the podcast and we can get like a live reaction um but you know this is this is fine too it gives us a few seconds to uh you know plan what what we want to say and you know of course that that news is the um the breaking news rather from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski is that the Pistons have extended head coach Dwayne Casey that extension will run through the 2023 2024 season it is just a one-year extension from his original five-year contracts we will get to that uh, and more on this edition of the palace business podcast Um, but of course have to give give a shout out to our first sponsor and that would be bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action you have the pga championship coming up next week bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds and it's the best way to place your bets and again it's free to sign up head on over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit again at the website betonline.ag use your mobile device or sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts we can dive right into the Pistons extending head coach Dwayne Casey again through the 2023-2024 season. It's just a one-year extension off of the original five-year contract. Uh, Aaron, what are your initial thoughts on the extension of Dwayne Casey? You know, I think it's it's the right call, obviously. You know, he has had a very good season in Detroit this year. Uh, we've seen the development of key players, key development pieces moving forward in the likes of Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, Frank Jackson. I think that Sekou Naboya is really, really showing some stuff here down the, down the final week of the season as you know, his future kind of hangs in the balance, but I think he's done a very good job developing these guys that are expected to be a part of this Pistons team moving forward. And, He's just a home run with the players. They all love him. You never hear anyone complaining about him. Jeremy Grant talked about how much he wanted to come to Detroit to play for Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey. You know, obviously we know of Casey's rapport with guys from Toronto, DeMar DeRozan, DeLon Wright, uh, you know, players of of that stature. He's obviously a well-respected, a well-liked coach. I think that that's something that goes a long way and, Obviously, the wins this year weren't going to matter. His lack of winning this season just means absolutely zero in terms of uh, his success level, his safety in terms of keeping his job. This, that was, you know, not the expectation whatsoever for the Pistons this year. So uh, for him to have done so well in, in developing these guys and putting together a team that has really competed night in and night out, uh, I think that's just a home home run decision uh, to extend to Wayne Casey. I think he's the type of coach that you want to be rebuilding with. He obviously has the support of the locker room. We haven't heard a story all season come out of Detroit about a player being unhappy or, you know, a, a tense situation. You hear that a lot in teams that are, are, are losing and rebuilding uh, and, and pointing fingers. We have not seen that in Detroit whatsoever. So obviously uh, himself and his staff, 
are doing a very, very good job. And I think that the extension is, is well-deserved. I think it makes a lot of sense. This is a team that, you know, heading into the season had, had some mountains to climb. And he's done this with the Toronto Raptors. Again, the, the Raptors were very bad when Dwayne Casey got there. They were not in, a, in the same position the Pistons are now, but they were a poor team that needed to be structured a little bit more. And, you know, this is, this is a rebuild that is going quicker than I think anybody, certainly any Pistons fans thought it would go. Um, part of that is certainly due to Troy Weaver and, and the, you know, the scouting department netting three good first round picks in last year's draft. But Dwayne Casey needs to be given plenty of praise as well. And we talked about it. I remember talking about it in our preview pod about him. Would he stick to the vets and not play the young guys enough, you know, with that ruffles and feathers. And, and there have certainly been instances where Pistons fans have been a little annoyed that they don't see the young guys um, but truly, he's done a good job this year. Certainly does not deserve to be fired. Um, he seems to be the next coach that's going to, uh, you know, ideally guide the Pistons to the playoffs. I mean, 2023, 2024, I think at the current trajectory, the Pistons will be fighting for a playoff spot, if not, you know, firmly planted in, in, in at least the bottom four of the Eastern Conference playoff spots. I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, a lot of young teams, teams that are rebuilding cycle through coaches um, quite a bit. And I'll, I will again use the Cavs as, as, my, as my reference. You know, they get rid of Ty Lue. They get Larry Drew. He hates it to the point where he doesn't want to even coach basketball anymore. Then they get John Beeline. He's gone because he never connected. And now you're on to J.D. Bickerstaff, which seems to be, a, you know, much better of a fit. But that's a, a, that's a rebuilding team. That's I mean, Colin Sexton is on four coaches in just a handful of years. That's bad. That's a, that's a sign of instability. And keeping Dwayne Casey here to continue molding these players into what appears to be three very high-quality rookies um, is, is just a sign of stability. It's what you want to see out of a rebuilding team. And it's not as if Dwayne Casey was brought here to be the rebuilding coach. He was brought to Detroit to win, to succeed, to win playoff games, to get into the postseason. And for him to be able to get into this situation, something he was not expecting to be in and have this success, yeah, I think that says something as well. I know that's probably not something that we're going to think about often, uh, but I think it, it also just kind of, it's important to have a coach that is versatile, versatile like that. Not every coach can go through a rebuild. You know, there are certain coaches that are good for rebuilds and there are certain coaches that are good for competing and winning. Like not every right. coach is able to do both well. And I think the Wayne Casey, obviously we know his history in Toronto was able to help build that team up and, and succeeded winning. And now here in Detroit, we're kind of seeing that same type of evolution. He does the development part and we'll see where that leads. Can he build the winner here as well? And can he can maintain a locker room and, and maintain a healthy player relationship and all of those kind of things that a coach has to do to the point in time where they are, the Pistons are, are winning and are making it to the playoffs, which who knows might be sooner than later with, uh, the, the level of, of play that some of these guys in the roster showed this year and with an offseason uh, of development and things of that nature. But, you know, this is uh, just uh, – I think Dwayne Casey deserves kudos for that as well. It's it's not something that every coach in the NBA has. No, definitely not. And to your point, he was not brought here to rebuild a team. He was brought here to take Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, back to the playoffs and maybe win a playoff game or, you know, or two or a series or whatever, but he has managed to be um, much more than just that. He's, he's managed to um, figure out the rotations and, and put guys in positions to succeed. And really that's all that you can ask for out of a rebuilding coach is you know, to hold down the fort and put young guys in a position to do well. And, I, I compare the Pistons rebuild a lot 
to the Cavs because, I mean, other than, you know, both being bad, you know, they're going through ups and downs and they have aging stars that they've had to move on from and, and whatnot. But, you know, this contract extension to me, you know, when I first saw it is a sign of organizational stability between Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey and, you know, the scouting team and the rest of the coaching staff, you know, the Pistons don't have slumped shoulders. They don't have questionable moves. They don't have temper tantrums. They don't have these things that my beloved Cavaliers do. Uh, They're just like a a different mess every day from the Kevin Porter um, trade to, you know, Kevin Love having not one, not two, not three, and, probably much more than four, you know, small temper tantrums, whether it's publicly or privately that, you know, that causes some frustration. And you have John Beeline, you know, inadvertently calling the team thugs or slugs or whatever you want to say. And, you know, there's just a, there's just massive instability um, with that team. But you look at the Pistons, you even look at the Thunder who like moved on from their head coach and amassed all these draft picks and just quietly going about their business being bad you know, waiting for the opportunity to cash out their assets and be good. Or the Memphis Grizzlies would be another one. They went from grit and grind to, you know, be bad for a few years, get, a, you know, a pretty good coach and have put together a good front office. And now they're one of the best young young teams in the NBA. And you look at this move and it's just, it's just a nice positive reinforcement of the excellent tank job that the Pistons have done and they have now, you know, publicly shown that, you know, that vote of confidence to Dwayne Casey with this extension. Yeah. And I, I just think it was the right move. You know, this is a guy that deserves that opportunity to, to see this rebuild through again, what did he sign up for? And, and, and being able to succeed through those changes, he deserves that opportunity to, to take this different group to the level that he was originally brought in to take that team to. So uh, all in all, this is a, the right decision by, by Troy Weaver and Tom Gores and the rest of the Detroit Pistons. Dwayne Casey is a very good NBA coach. I know we've, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, including myself that have had ups and downs with him and his tenure in Detroit, but all in all, this is a very, very good move for the Pistons. I agree. If, if, if the listeners are looking for an answer to the question of, is this the right move? Yes. The answer is this is a, the right move for the Pistons for sure. And, um, you know, should, should, uh, you know, help keep, um, keep things a little bit exciting heading in into the draft and adding, you know, ideally a top five pick. So, um, you know, certainly congratulations to Dwayne Casey. Um, it's, it's, it's nice to have some head coaching stability um, in the uh, city of Detroit, right. You know, between the Tigers and, uh, the Lions. I'm sure there's plenty of Dan Campbell fans out there, but you know, it's it's good to have some stability, you know, and and to push forward because truly, how can you get better, or you know, it be, it expect to get better when you're swapping out coaches, swapping out GMs, you know, constantly moving things around. It's it's just crazy to me that more rebuilding teams don't stick with the head coach and 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 you know let them work through things. They have such a quick trigger finger, it seems. Yeah, and and that's something that, that needs to be talked about as well. I mean, you know, not having to go through a different coaching search and being able to find a coach. I mean, there's a reason that there's only 30 NBA coaches a year. It's a very hard job, and not everyone's qualified to do it. Uh, so that's something to be said as well that, you know, obviously you trust Dwayne Casey, and, and it's something that's it's a benefit that you don't have to go through that trouble again of trying to find the right guy having that sense of belief that Dwayne Casey is the right guy is just something that you don't have to worry about in an off season. When you need to focus on drafting a, a, a cornerstone piece, you need to have all focus on that and making sure your player development team is doing their job rather than having to look for a head coach, which is a very, very important task. So, you know, for Dwayne Casey to still be here, it obviously says just how much that, that they trust him. Yep, absolutely. So again, um, congrats to Dwayne Casey for getting a much deserved extension and, uh, you know, certainly a lot to look forward to, um, heading into the next couple of years, uh, you know, as, as he is the head coach. Um, so any, any other closing thoughts on that extension for Dwayne Casey? 
No, I mean, it, it's it's really just the right move. I'm very, very glad that they did this rather than the opposite. <laughs> so it's it's, it's right. a good call by, by, by the Pistons, which talks about the growth that this franchise is going through right now because maybe they don't do the same thing a couple of years ago when Tom Gores was, was way more involved. Yep. Hands-on ownership. That, um, that, that continues to be a problem for some teams, including the Cavaliers. Just ask Anderson Verichow. Um, anyway, that's for another much heated um, discussion. Uh, Aaron, we have a new sponsor, don't we? We do, Mike. We have a new sponsor and there's really, you know, I will figure out a way to seamlessly integrate these ad reads into the podcast. I obviously have not been able to today other than by admitting I don't know how to do it well. Um, but eventually I, I will get good at it and you won't even see it coming. But today is not one of those days. Um, so here we go. <laughs> Support for the Palace of Pistons podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for the family jewels. Okay, that's actually pretty clever. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer 20% off and free shipping with the code POP at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code. P-O-P at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And you use the offer code P-O-P for Palace of Pistons. Unlock your confidence and always always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I promise eventually I'll be able to seamlessly integrate that into our conversations. But the first time is just going to be the hardest time. No, you did good, Mike. I mean, hey, that's a challenge, but... Certainly excited to have Manscaped as a sponsor of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Looking forward to working with, with them uh, moving forward. And make sure to use that that 20% off code, P-O-P. So, again, excited to have them uh, working with us, and we'll see where it goes. Yes, I think that means we officially made it. We made it. You know, we I listen to a ton of sports podcasts. That's the majority of my listening Um on my iPhone is, you know, it's podcasts. And I hear Manscaped a lot. I've always been very interested in the brand and their product. So very much looking forward to have them um, as, as a partner moving forward. Speaking of the bottom, Detroit's epic tank to the bottom continues. We talked about this a little bit, but there was an article from Yahoo Sports about the excellent job that the Pistons are doing at tanking. Um, they did lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves to keep the tank moving along. The Timberwolves doing themselves no favors by continuing to win games. Um, although, depending on who you ask, that's a good thing um, that they, you know, actually can put together some camaraderie and win some games. They honestly should with Russell and with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, who's been playing well. Um, but they continue to slide to the bottom. They join the Houston Rockets. They join the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, down there at the bottom. So in looking at the tank job that Detroit has put together and they have remaining games against the Nuggets and Heat, which we expect them both to lose. Although you, you never really know when teams are going to rest guys. Um, so we'll have to see. But um, assuming that the Pistons lose their next two games, or maybe rather, regardless of if they lose their two games, what 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 do you think about this overall tank job they've put together? Well, especially over about the last month or so, maybe a little less, they've done a phenomenal job of just handing over the keys to the young guys and letting them get as much minutes, as much opportunity as possible, taking guys like Mason Plumlee, Jeremy Grant, Corey Joseph, all out of the rotation, it's tough. That's not something that obviously you really want to do, but for where the Pistons are at, for how tight this tank race is, for how important the the percentages are, that's a, it's a big thing for Detroit. And, you know, they've seen good returns out of it as well. It's not like the young guys are going out there and playing awful. These guys are getting more and more experience and they're playing good basketball against Minnesota Sadiq Bay with another 20 plus point game. He had 22 
Killian Hayes semi flirted with a triple double with 13, seven and six cut down his turnovers, which have been a problem for him. Uh, I, I, I think it's just really, really good that we're seeing some growth from Sekou Dumboya, which we hit on a lot last week and last week's episode, but to continue to see him get opportunity uh, and minutes is important. And that wasn't going to happen when you had Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley and all these other guys vowing for minutes all these guys weren't going to play all that much. And it wasn't just going to be possible because there were going to be too many bodies. So the Pistons have found a way to prioritize development while remaining pretty competitive. I mean, they've definitely trailed off as of late, but they spent a good chunk of this season playing very, very competitive basketball. And we saw growth from the young guys. We saw growth from someone like Jeremy Grant, who's obviously a little bit older, but still showed he has development in him and, and we just we, we got to see the foundation of this team currently in this really year one of the rebuild where you have a lot of young guys on the roster, three first round picks from the from the previous draft. We got to see it all. And I, I think it's just been how that's it's, it's how you'd want a season where obviously you're quote unquote tanking to go. You got to be competitive. But here you are last couple of games of the season. You're right there with, you know, odds for the number one pick in your favor, um, you know, with obviously being within the top three of the, the bottom teams in the in the league. So this has been a very, very successful tank job by Detroit. The young guys are getting minutes. They're still competing and they're still losing games. So you really have you really can't complain with how it's gone. Yeah, and you think of the other teams that are in the same boat. Let's just look at the Houston Rockets, who have 16 wins and had to trade James Harden this year. God, that seems like it was forever ago. You know, they've had a painful, to me, they've had a painful tank job, you know, trading James Harden, getting back what you got back, which I think most people would say it's not nearly enough, but you know, they got back what they could get back. Um, They acquired Victor Oladipo. It didn't help. They, took on John Wall and all his money and, you know, shut him down. And, um, you know, they traded Oladipo for what people thought, you know, at the time was like, they get, like they gave, they gave him away for nothing, but as Shams Sharani of the athletic just, just uh, tweeted out that he will have season ending surgery. Um, so the heat will not have Oladipo. So maybe that trade doesn't look quite as bad. Um, you know, they've had a painful tank job. They've had to get rid of their franchise player. They've had to dish out a whole bunch of money. They've had to swallow the pill that was, you know, Russell West or uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook and, you know, and take back John Wall. They have lost a lot of games in a painful fashion. They've had, you know, some nice ups with Kevin Porter Jr. That was obviously as, as of right now, a good trade with the Cavaliers. Um, Christian Wood has been injured frequently. You know, you never got to see a full season of him or, or even sustained time with him on the court. So to me, they've had a painful, a painful tank job, but the Pistons have had a relatively successful tank job just by the fact that they have not had these massive, massive trades, you know, even Blake Griffin getting bought out and, and, you know, and, and it, 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 I mean, I guess sent over to, to Brooklyn and, you know, he's shown a lot more life in a Nets uniform, but even that was not, a tough pill to swallow. You just kind of move on, you know, you, you, you take your bad medicine and then you move on and it wasn't a big deal. They're paying them a lot of money and it is what it is. They're also paying Dwayne Dedman for the next three years or four years or something. So, you know, you just take those bad pills, swallow them and move on. The, the Rockets seem like they're going to be swallowing that pill for a while. They're going to be taking multiple pills because that James Harden trade, you know, could have some repercussions. Um, but, you know, if you compare the two tank jobs, the Pistons have had a pretty painless one. Yeah, you're paying some money to some guys who aren't going to play on your team and you're going to be paying them for several seasons. But you also have some fantastic growth of the young guys. You now have organizational stability with Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey. You've, you've had uh, um, your major free agent signing in Jeremy Grant really look like an excellent signing. There's, there really hasn't been a bad signing. Josh Jackson has looked good, you know, um, Frank Jackson has looked pretty good. You know, you acquired Dennis Smith and that was low risk. Um, they've had a very all-inclusive 
um, great job with the tank and they've managed to lose games while actually have some, you know, more positives than not um, in my mind, you know, in, in totality come out of this. Yeah. And, and it's funny because you look at some of these guys and a guy like Frank Jackson, you would have never have expected him to, to play as well as he has. And it's, it's just, it's kind of luck, I guess, when, when you think about it, that Detroit is able to find another guy that belongs in the NBA, much like they did with Christian Wood, although obviously Christian Wood at a much greater magnitude, uh, I will say. Uh, but this is just it, – it's just another reward of, of them doing a good job rebuilding and not, you know, just settling for filling out their roster with, you know, back-end veterans. You know, they took a couple swings on some guys, didn't get – you know, lazy and just grab a couple retreads to throw on the back end of the roster. They go out and they scout and they find a guy like Frank Jackson that they want to give a chance to. And obviously it paid off and he's playing really well. And, you know, they've just done a very thorough job that obviously goes a lot to Troy Weaver and his, his staff for the way that they built this roster. And it started with, with the draft, obviously they made a lot of moves to acquire picks and move, move different guys and open up different cap space. And it's just been a very, very thorough job. It started right as right when Troy Weaver got here. And I mean, even a guy like Tyler cook, you know, you get into the middle of the season and, you know, you have guys that you can give minutes to like Seku, but you bring in a guy like Tyler cook on a 10 day, you let him compete with Seku for minutes and he ends up playing so well that you end up signing him to a guaranteed contract. So it, it just goes to show how, how deep into this process the Pistons are, how committed they are to it. And you know, they, they've just, they've, they've earned the, the respect that they've gotten for how the, they've, they've handled this rebuild so far. It's, it's been a, it's been a great job. It, it really has been a great job. And, you know, they've hit on the core things. The young guys look good. Their free agent signings, you know, look good. They have organizational stability, as I, as I mentioned, um, you know, they've hit on all that. They've looked competitive. They cover against the spread quite often, maybe not lately, but, you know, for the first 30 games or so, you know, they, they hung around with good teams and they still managed to lose, which is, you know, obviously the goal of, of, of the, of the, you know, of the tank job. And um, they're, they've put themselves in good position to get a top five pick and top three pick and end up with a truly, you know, franchise altering type of player. And that's ultimately the goal. So um, they have games against Nuggets and Heat. I don't think – I think Den – is Denver locked into the four seed? Who I – we're going to figure this out because I'm just wondering if they have anybody to rest, which could, you know, make it a little bit more problematic to drop those last two. I People were talking about them resting. Yeah, they're locked – well – unless they can move up to three because the Clippers are 46 and 23, but I don't think Denver, Denver can't go lower than four. Um, okay. They could move up to three. I, I, I was seeing people talk about Denver resting people. I mean, I don't know Denver, Denver, even if they play, they're pretty thin. I mean, they could really sit a large chunk of guys. Like if they sit Jokic and, and MPJ and, and Aaron Gordon, like that's a game that Detroit probably does end up winning. Looking at the rest of their roster, they're obviously dealing with some other injuries right now. Will Barton's hurt. Uh, obviously, they're without Jamal Murray right. for the season. So that's a game that Detroit could win. Hopefully, that's not the case. And Denver's all in on pushing for the three seed. Um, but it's a possibility to, to, to look at. You know, I, I mean, for, for Denver, the difference is you play the Jazz or you play the Suns. Although I, think, I guess the Clippers could move up and down too. I think I would rather play the Suns if I was Denver. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I, I guess so too. What is what was what, what Donovan Mitchell's status? Because he keeps uh, everything I get. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's out for another week. Donovan Mitchell's out for another week. So that's something that, you know, the the when they were talking about his injury, he was supposed to be back. It didn't look as it didn't end up being as bad as it maybe looked. So 
getting him back will be important. But if, if the Jazz are healthy, I'd much rather see Phoenix. As much as I like Phoenix, I'd rather see the Suns compared to the Jazz. Right. Boy, uh, Portland and Utah play tonight. That'll be that'll be good. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if you have Jer- if you have uh, um, Jordan Clarkson just you know going for fifty. You know, right. No big deal. That that that's true. That's a, that's a fair <laughs> point. Jordan Clarkson just having those those games where he just doesn't miss from anywhere on the court sure does help. It it helps a great deal. It helps a great deal. I, I, we just got into some strange playoff talk anyway, but. Um, to get back to the Pistons, you know, let's just say that they lose these next two games. I mean, that's that's about as good of a tank job as you could possibly have, I think. Um, and then if they end up with Cade, then that's, I mean, that's just icing on the cake. That that's that's the cherry on top. That's um, dude, I that's, can't. That's the ultimate. I can't get. I can't wait to get into draft talk. I can't wait. Lotteries on June twenty second. It's I cannot wait until we get into these podcasts where it's literally all essentially talking about the draft. Pistons have yeah. four picks. They have a first round and then three second round picks. They should have a very high pick, assuming everything goes well in the lottery. So I'm very, very excited to to get to that time. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about in that regard. Yes, there definitely will. Um, but let's let's go ahead and move on to our third and and final topic, and and it involves one of those one of those young guys. I know he's a fan favorite, at least in the Palace of Pistons group chat there, and um, that's our good old buddy Dave Davidis Servitas. He played 20 minutes in each of the last three games. He had eight points and six boards against the 76ers. Is there a long term fit for him? Whether it's as a you know, back of the bench type of player? Does he have a larger role on this team? You know, is, is there a long-term fit? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's with the Pistons. I, I, I was actually talking to a couple buddies today. It's kind of where I'm at, too. We, we looked at the roster for next year, and it just doesn't look like there's going to be a spot. At the four spot, Detroit has Jeremy Grant, Sekou Dumboya, and right now Tyler Cook. Yeah, obviously, he's another fringe roster guy. So it's not a guarantee that that he's on the team next year either. But I I know that Dwayne Casey Casey recently made a comment about how next year is going to be great for him to get it uh, you know some time in the G League and if they can work out the contract to where he's you know able to play in the G League and doesn't I I, I don't know I don't think he's a long term part of this team next year they're going to have three guys already on the roster to play minutes at the four spot. Yeah, he can play the three, but there's still a log jam at the three for Detroit anyway. And the Pistons have four draft picks to use. And odds are they'll make one or two free agency signings. So, yeah, it just probably isn't going to work out for Servetus. And, and in the other two games that he's played about 20 minutes in a piece, he hasn't scored. So I, he competes, he plays hard, he gets rebounds, but it, it just doesn't look like it's going to work out really for him, I, I, I don't believe. Yeah, you know, for the same reason that we were talking about when Blake Griffin was bought out, you know, freeing up that log jam a bit. There's still a log jam there um, for Servetus. And, you know, the Pistons are going to be, at least I think, you know, if, if they don't trade those those second rounders to move back up into the first or, or they don't consolidate them in some way, you know, they're probably going to be taking some shots, just throwing some darts at some picks to see to see what sticks. And second round draft picks, you know, are not, they get kind of pinned as the whatever picks, but I mean, there's a lot of really good players who come out of the second round and, and there's, there's, you know, now a history for, for Troy Weaver of making good picks that, you know, these are probably going to be some calculated picks, but they're going to be dart throws. And I would imagine that um, some of them are going to be at the three and the four, uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be difficult for him to stick with, the roster or I'm sorry, stay on the roster. Even, um, even if Detroit, which I, I would imagine they're going to have to considering how, how heavy the roster already is. Even if Weaver decides to go with a guy that he's going to sign, you know, with one of his second round picks that he's going to sign to a two way deal, or he's going to do a draft and stash. 
you know, even if he does that, it's still going to be hard because the roster is just already so packed. And again, there's four draft picks, and you got to imagine that there's at least one or two free agency signings. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it also maybe depends a little bit on the timeline. You know, if, if the Pistons, let's just say they get Cade Cunningham. I mean, that, to me, that thrusts you into the playoff picture. Absolutely. That should put you into the playoff picture. You know, they might have to make some different roster decisions based on that, you know, based on that timeline. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want the Pistons to jeopardize their, their, the building of their team to rush into a playoff spot, but they would compete for it if they got a guy like Cade Cunningham, because if you're trotting out a lineup of Hayes, Cade, Sadiq, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart, and you still have Mason Plumlee and you know, Hamadou Diallo and Sekou off the bench, like there's going to be some real depth there and they should compete for a, a playoff spot with, with that group. And, you know, maybe they don't get it. Maybe they're a play-in team. Maybe they're the eight seed, whatever. But there is going to be that realization that they're going to be good enough to to compete. Even if they get a guy like maybe Jalen Suggs, I, I think, you know, as long as they get a top three pick at anyone that they draft, even if they go for someone that's not a guard, even if they go grab an Evan Mobley and have a four or five that, you know, ends up playing with Isaiah Stewart or, you know, comes off the bench, whatever. Like, I don't that was something that we were maybe going to talk about and we can save this for another time, but they, they very well could be good enough to compete for a playoff spot next year. And is there room for Servetus on that type of roster when you already have some different development pieces at the forward spot and a guy like Sekou, uh and Tyler Cook? I don't, I don't know that there is. I don't know that either. And, you know, part of it is just, a lack of playing time too. I mean, you don't exactly know what you have in Servetus and that, that is part of the problem. You know, if, if they had a better idea of what he would be able to provide on a limited basis, if you plugged him into, into a game and had some sort of semblance of, of what, you know, an idea of what he could provide in, in short bursts, then that might, you know, that would allow him to at least have more of a niche role on the roster. But, you know, as it stands, like, like you said, there's, there's just a glut. There's, I mean, and you know, I mean, eight points and six boards against Philly is nice. Um, but it's just, it's, it, it's just going to be tough. And we don't know the status of summer league. We don't know the status of, you know, the G league. I, I believe they're the Pistons the, summer league, dude, that's going to be a great time. They, they don't win the summer league. That's going to be really disappointing. Right. Right. I imagine they're sending at least Saban Lee from this year's team. Uh, I mean, Servetus will probably go since he'll still be on the roster at that point. I don't know if Cook is there. Personally, I doubt that they send any of uh, Killian. Oh, there's, yeah, there's no way. Stewart. Uh, but even with Saban and Tyler Cook and Servetus, you're going to have four draft picks. Maybe, maybe you only end up with two or three. But still, you're going to have a top pick and then – one or two second round guys. I mean, that's should... some guys you just give a shot to. I can't, you know what, Mike, let's book it. Now we are going to do a full on summer league preview podcast. And I'm <laughs> going to, I, I might just talk that whole podcast because I'm going to get so excited that I'll talk about all these fringe NBA players alongside all these prospects and talk about all of them are going to end up being the Michael Jordan of the NBA one day. Uh, wow. I'm getting all excited at the end of the show thinking about summer league. Wow. <laughs> this is like, this is like Mitch McGarry levels of uh, excitement. Yes. Um, do hey, we know if, we, if they're league. having, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> do we know if the NBA is even having a summer league? Do we know I, if that's going to happen? I would I have to imagine it's coming back. The combines back this year. Yeah. There's fans in arenas and in, in some capacity, even if there's no fans at summer league, like I, they're going to have competition. I'd be shocked if they didn't have summer league. And yeah, I, I, I think so too. I mean, they're they're going back to a full NBA schedule next year for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. They don't have summer league. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, well, everything's kind of pushed back now, so we'll have to see if it's around the same time. It might be like, it might bleed a little bit later into the summer. 
but uh, I guess we'll see. But yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. And and that's you know those fringe NBA guys. I think you know could provide just as much pop as Servetus. And you know they might have more more uh, defined capabilities that that the Pistons would likely be interested in. I mean, it really depends on that draft pick and who they pick up in free agency to fill some of those holes. Yeah, that sounds uh, going to be important. I think. I mean, if they make all three picks. And they, you know, you don't hear afterwards that one of those guys, at least one of those guys, did a two-way or G League or draft and stash. I just, yeah, I think it's curtains for him at, at that point. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's the end of the road for his Pistons tenure at that point, unfortunately. But like, like it says here on, you know, on. On our show notes, he's, he's played 20 minutes each of the last three games. I mean, the, that's the sort of player that you want to have getting a bigger chunk of minutes just to see what you have, if you have anything. Um, so that that was a nice little segue into the summer league. So we'll have to do a summer league pod uh, at some point there <laughs> because you did get awfully excited. I hate to disappoint you. That's going to be the – I'm sorry. I don't. That's going to be my peak performance all, all, all year. You get me for summer league, that's the best, that's the best I'm going to be. See, the next step is to actually do a live podcast in Vegas. That's, you know, I really that's... wanted to go to Vegas. I, I I was talking about a couple of years ago. So two years ago, I was talking about going to Summer League in Vegas the next year. And then obviously we didn't have it last year. Uh, one day I'm going to go go and just sit at, at Summer League all day for three weeks and just be in heaven. Yeah, I, I went to um, MLB spring training a few years ago, and I would imagine it's very much like the summer league. I mean, it's just heaven. I mean, you got 15 MLB teams within 30 minutes of, of, of everything, and you could just go to games all day for five bucks, and you just have baseball all day in the sun, and you just look around, and there's mountains everywhere. And I would imagine it's pretty similar for the NBA um, in Vegas for the summer league. You just have games every day, all day. Uh, and then you know you walk outside and it's Vegas. Man, can we just can we just fast forward? Can we just fast forward to that? Get past the draft, end up with Cade. Sounds great. And I don't know who else. Let's just talk. Let's just say it's Cade for now. Let's just get. Let's just fast forward. It's what August at this point. Yeah, I have to imagine it's August. The Pistons are, are trouting out a summer league starting lineup of Saban Lee, Cade Cunningham, Davida Servitas. Tyler Cook and and I don't care who else, and yeah. they're beating every team by thirty. So, yes, let's just fast forward to that. Oh, what a great way to end the show! I'm in a really good mood now. Great. Well, I'm glad that I could put you in a good mood. A sense of euphoria. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know that we're uh, both fans of uh, rebuilding teams. When you know how how the most exciting part of our podcast is the possibility of watching the summer league that's that's like the defining the defining trait of uh fans of a rebuilding team is uh predicting the summer league starting line when you <laughs> all you know is is young rebuilding teams that's all you know right right especially up there in uh detroit no offense but you know those are fun you know i i i like i i kind of like the idea of having a clean slate it's just when it's, it's just when your favorite team ruins that clean slate and like dumps mud all over it that you're like, okay, now, now I hate this. Now I just wish we had had some stuff figured out, but you know, the Pistons, they, they still have a nice clean slate. They still have everything in order, tightly, tightly neat and organized. Good for them. Let's, let's hope it stays that way. Get me to summer. Yeah. Like, take, take, yeah. take me out to summer league vibes. All right. Well, let's get into the draft stuff uh, before we get into summer league stuff. So, um, okay, that 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 was our whole pot, Aaron. Do you have anything else that's non-summer league uh, related that you want to hit on? You know, the I season is almost over. Isn't that isn't that crazy? It is, and and you know what, the season being over gets me thinking about. It gets me thinking about summer league. I could go on and just oh no, another few minutes <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> Uh, you can you can record a special summer league special um, addendum addendum podcast, which 
which, uh, you know, I'm sure will get just as, just as many, if not more, um, listens. But I can't believe that the season is almost over. I mean, we have podcasted throughout the whole season. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's kind of kind of crazy to think about because I remember having to do our preview podcast and how far we have come. Now we have ads and, you know, we're talking about summer league already. You know, it just went very, very fast. So uh, it's pretty crazy that, that this season is, um, you know, is basically over. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gone by fast, but you know, when you're not a, a winning team and you don't have a postseason, like the Pistons season is in, in reality, it's been, essentially done for a little bit here. So now it's just a good point. You're just really winding it down and right. Thinking you're, you're at this point, you're thinking about next year. You're not really thinking about this year anymore. So at least in my mind, the season's been done for a bit for the Pistons. I mean, obviously you're still playing for development and, and things of that nature, but when you're rebuilding, you're thinking about the next year and, and the year after that. So when you don't, when you have a postseason on your mind, it's, it's a little bit different. I will, I will end with just a little general question here. Just a, just a quick hitter. Um, you know, the season is, is over. The playoff teams are pretty much decided. There's a couple of things to figure out in terms of seeding, but you know, just quickly, what team underperformed the most? Like what team, I mean, it could be a playoff team. What team underperformed the most to where you're like, Oh, you know, they're probably heading backwards. Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks really, really, Wow. In this year. I mean, I, I was thinking that they were going to compete for a title this year and for them to be 40 and 29, you know, clinging to being outside of the play in. I mean, I, I, I thought they were going to be fighting for a top seed title contenders. And that just has not been the case this year. I, I, it's disappointing because I thought that they were due for a big year. I think the Pelicans are another team that really, really disappointed a lot of people thought Stan Van Gundy was going to turn them around and, and get them to where they need to be. And I did not feel that same way because of just seeing Stan Van Gundy and knowing how his tenure went in Detroit, but they are very disappointing from the standpoint that you have a couple all-stars in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. It's Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe. You, know, you had a legitimate team there and, and you're the, you know, 11th seed in the Western conference. You're not even in the play in you're, you're out on the outside looking in. And, and that's really disappointing. Steven Adams has been capital a awful, um, but Lonzo ball has been a nice, a nice plus for them. He's, he's started to put some stuff together. I'm going to go. It was tough. Uh, Toronto was up there, you know, sure. not even going to make the playoffs, but you know, they've, they're not even playing in Toronto. They've had to go through a ton. They were ravaged by COVID right at the beginning of the season. They've, they've gone through, they have gone through some stuff. They get a little bit of a pass. Uh, Boston's got to be up there too. I mean, they, they are not going to have Jalen Brown for the rest of the year. They were hit by COVID. None of their signings really have taken off. I know that the, the whole team seems to not like Tristan Thompson at all. Um, they only got Evan Fournier and some some stuff at the deadline when they seem to be all in on Aaron Gordon, and you know they're just kind of hanging around. They you know they play the Cavaliers tonight, and they're only like six point favorites, which to this Cavs team to only be favored by six is you know that's a, that might be finable right now. So they're that's that, that's a team that they they underperformed big time, and that Kemba Walker contract has really really hampered them yeah. to do any building outside of Brown and Tatum and Kemba. Yeah. Their season's really disappointing. And it, it, it's unfortunate that that Brown's now out because it would have been nice to see if getting into the postseason would have been enough for them to, you know, pick it up, get going and, and try to turn some things around because, you know, they, if they could have, you know, been in the sixth spot and then, I don't know. I, I feel like they should have not been in the seven. Like they should have very much so been right there competing for a top four spot. It, there's no reason that they should be behind the Hawks or the Knicks in the standings. They probably shouldn't be behind the heat either, but it is a, a very disappointing. And I get it. They were hit very, very hard by injuries and COVID, but not to the point where they're the seventh seed. And, and I, that's very disappointing. 
Right. I think they're only like two games over 500 or maybe one game over 500. And, one, and, uh, one or 500 right now. Yikes. 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 Well, it's kind of tough. You know, it's, it's been a weird year with COVID, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good pick with Dallas too. Um, I really would like them to be good because I like Luca and I like Porzingis, but Porzingis, I don't know if he's ever going to be anywhere near as good as he was with the Knicks. He's just taken on too many injuries and that, that team's just missing something that it, they, they just don't have that secret spice that is going to push them uh, to where they need to go, but they do have Luca. So I guess, you know, you figure out the rest, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they—it's not like they have to blow it up or anything. Like they have the the no, best no, no, no. In the league. They have, you know, they they can very much just try to adapt a little bit and and, and make some tweaks. But they, it's it should have been a better year for them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm sure we'll have some playoff talk coming up for our next pod as well. Um, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Pals of Pistons podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors again, Bet Online and Manscaped. Uh, thank you very, very much. Um, uh, Aaron, I'm really looking forward to this uh, draft talk that's going to inevitably be coming up soon. We, like I said, I think I've said this like the last six weeks. We've put this off long enough. We will have some draft talk next week. Book it. Mark it down on the notes. We will talk about the draft and a couple players next week. There we go. Um, there we go. Uh, so for Aaron Johnson, my name is Mike Angolano. Thank you very, very much for listening to the latest edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.